0: ago that in Berlin my hometown the wall collapsed and I was a child and uh, back then I didn't know that it was the last time I was allowed to witness something so powerful so right and so beautiful at the same time so peaceful Um, I couldn't care less because I was just a child exploring magic and um, I knew that two different kinds of magic stormed into my life the first one was actually the computer My mother was a computer scientist and she taught me how to code and it was for me somehow weird because I saw that this is a dead box, it's just a motherboard, but the things that came out looked so vivid and so alive. It promised me that it could create thinking or something like this. There were colors and there were motion and little characters in video games that interact with me and I felt like this is not possible because this is magic. A tree becomes a dog, this is not possible, and click, there it is, and all of a sudden it is a dog. That is the nature of, well, true magic. And this is a dead machine, and all of a sudden, click, it can think. Now, I then moved on, studied computer science, created little video games, and today I run a design studio that works with artificial intelligence. Now, the other kind of magic that stormed into my life was this one here, is robot dancing. And why? Because it promised me the same magic. It promised me that, all of a sudden, there's a human and click, not anymore. All of a sudden, everything is gone. And that was, for me, somehow sensational, because it showed me that there is some travesty possible, the possibility that one thing changes completely its nature. So I moved on and traveled all over the world and danced at theaters, at movies, and just became top 16 world ranked in robot dancing, but uh, I didn't want to become a robot dancer. That's not what you want to do, a performer does not want to perform, an actor does not want to be a good actor. An actor wants to become the magic, he wants to become someone else, this is what he tries every day. A ballet dancer does not go on stage just to showcase for you that she is a good ballet dancer, well that's why she's here. She knows that before she performs. The reason why she goes on stage is because she wants to become flying. She knows that she weighs less than you and that she can jump higher. That's not what she's trying to prove. She wants to feel that she goes up and then she's flying and all of a sudden you feel it too. You think like, is she flying? And then, for a short moment, this magic becomes real. This is what she's looking for. Now, a robot dancer wants the following. He wants his arms to actually become metal, and his bones turn into little engines, and his blood carrying electronic signals, and then he wants to believe it. You see it too, you believe it too, and then we all agree that it's possible that a human becomes a machine. Well, that would be magical, but yet I always failed because you're an incredible scientist since you were little children. So when children see a robot dance, it always goes through the same three phases. The first phase is magic. It's impossible. Look at this. They see it from 100 meters, and they are attracted by this impossible magic. Look, this thing is so alive and yet so dead. So they start to run there, but it's not economic for us to believe in magic for very long. So we go to the second phase, and that is curiosity. They take a closer look, and they know nothing about robot dancing, but it is as if they feel from within where the hardest part is. They scan your body, your legs, your arms. They know that's not hard. They go directly to your eyes they're absolutely right, the hardest part are the eyes. And they test your eyes, so they start waving with their hands just to sh- see if they catch focus. Uh, 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 uh. And if that doesn't hold, the magic grows within them, and it's getting less and less economic, so they have to be more intensified with their research. And then they start to touch your leg. Oh, how, how does that feel, how do, are you real, are you real? And then when your hand goes out of acting. Like, start touching them away or if you get angry and your nose start to breathe more heavily or you make an angry look towards their parents, or the worst thing is blinking, then they know there is no magic, they have been tricked and fooled by just another adult who promised magic for some money. (laughs) And that is the moment when they walk away, and that is the moment they walk away, I call that the road of depression because no magic is here. But you don't need to feel bad for them, because we're speaking about a cycle. We continuously, forever believe in magic. Because they then go to Santa Claus, but they take their curiosity to find out that, well, he's never around when Daddy is around, and that is a correlation. (laughs) And then they know he doesn't exist, and from there on, they move on, and they have their first kiss, and that feels so special, it must last forever. But they take their curiosity to find out, well, not really. And then they're down the road of depression. Well, they do this forever growing up till they become, well, you. (laughs) Adults, because adults know everything and there's no magic left. It cannot be. But it is also not really true, because if adults have walked through the woods of China for the last 2,000 years just to finally come to this valley right here. They all went down on their knees and started to cry and pray because this is not by accident. It must have been God that painted here himself. This is true magic. Uh, Yet again, we used our curiosity in order to find out that it's just minerals interacting with each other. So this God is not there anymore. Today, we use those places to take selfies, but that's not the same as praying and believing. So what's the last God on planet Earth, the last magic? Well, it might be you. Today we say, believe in yourself, well, in who? In yourself, yes, we believe in the God within you. We ask you for your opinion, because we think in a democracy that this matters, because you are God. Well, and that is kind of sensational, and today I'm not dancing anymore, I'm doing computer science and I run a design studio called Waltz Binaire, which means dancing with code, and we investigate how to tell poetic stories on the base of emerging technologies. Why do I believe that I can investigate something so very human from a computer science perspective? I do believe that humans behave more and more mechanic and digital. And on the other hand, I do believe that digital entities become more and more human. And if we lay them on top of each other in an artistic process, we don't see anymore the things that we just copied, the redundancy that is just there. What we see more clearly now as soon as they overlap is what we cannot copy, the things that are different from each entity, what makes the machine the machine and the human the human. And I do believe it has been always about this. Computer science, we looked into the computer, no, we never. We used computer science always to look into ourselves. we only built this digital digital Pinocchio to laugh at him and finally say, but you don't really feel like us. Well, that makes us so godlike, doesn't it? Today, I would like to take a closer look at the big sensation that makes the humans the humans, and that is the self, and that they're creative. And that goes like this. Um, We know about ourselves, and we are able to reflect. Not many things in this universe is able to perform this task. And as soon as we know about ourselves, we can generate new decisions from within. We can be creators. So we know that we are an existence that has been created, and then we become a schöpfer ourselves. Well, and to see if this really persists, I would like to take a closer look today by the use of artificial intelligence. The first one we actually stumbled in its the self. By this algorithm, it is able to describe in images like, like in text, what it sees in images. Now, we say, like, well, that's just object detection. No, it's an evolutionary monster. Because this is two million pixels, and it just compresses it into some letters. If you go home today and you say, I saw a robot dancer at Next in Hamburg speaking about artificial intelligence and philosophy, well, then this is a gigantic ability. You just have gigabyte of information storming into your brain and you just do this, clack and then you give it to others. We don't know any other uh, entity in the universe that is able to perform the same massive zip container just like us. Well, now machines can do it too and we thought that is sensational. Let's investigate what we show with this machine now that it is able to understand what it is looking at. But that's an uninteresting question because it's about machines. Let's, let's discuss what we could know, what we always look at, yet never fully understand, or even intensify this. Let's say, what do we see the most, and yet we are never able to compress it. We are not able to understand what we are looking at. Well, maybe ourselves. We continuously look at ourselves, and yet we are not able to describe in one sentence what all this thing is. We just refuse to compress it as if it is holy. So we thought, well, let's discuss exactly this. We just bought a little motherboard on Amazon, a naked body of a computer, and equipped it with a little camera so it can see the world and then speak about what it sees. But unfortunately, this little robot is standing in front of a mirror. So the only thing forever it can describe is itself. The only thing it can ever think of is itself. And then on the back of this installation, we have this little screen. On this screen, you basically see what, where this machine is currently looking at, at, its own body, at which region, and who it thinks it is. Well, why does the self matter? I do believe it has been the mother of all discoveries. About 100,000 years ago, someone must have came up with the idea, oh, wow, I exist. But now that I know that I exist, I know that I don't like this place, I need to design and to change this place, but I can't do it by myself, so I have to speak to others' communication, but I cannot say everything that goes on in my neural network, so I start to dance, sing, and paint, and we invented art. And I do know that I exist, but I don't know why, so we invented another existence and asking this existence, why am I here? All beauty came from this very moment, but also all ugliness. Because the moment we knew that we exist, we got incredibly interested in ourselves, not necessarily in others. There's a lot of teenage movies about people saying, well, I finally found out who I am, and that made me really happy. There's not many movies about people saying, the the path of my life is finding out who you are. We are incredibly interested in ourselves, not necessarily in others, and that is what narcissists is all about. Now, if I would be allowed to speak only once, uh, thank, you. thank you. If I would be allowed to speak only once, this is what I would have said. That is my my wording and what I saw. Um, we're super happy we were allowed and invited to the United Nations at Palais de Nation in Geneva, and presented there and discussed its implications towards philosophy and human identity. And I wouldn't have thought that they invite a robot dancer But the problem with this, with this work is um, that it's very philosophical. And, and not all of us are philosophical. But the problems that AI will capture and captivate are for all of us, So we thought, let's discuss something that is a little less philosophical and maybe more practical. Because my daily business is not philosophy or art. My daily business, I run a design studio. I don't want to see how this technology will actually impact my identity, because my identity is not just my philosophical self. It is that I'm allowed to go to my studio, and that I work with my colleagues, and that we get paid. It's that easy. And that is also part of myself. Now, the most challenging technology, actually, or the most threatening technology for the creative business is this one right here. It's mostly known, it's called GUN. It's mostly known for deepfakes. And now, deepfakes is one political issue, of course, but it's the biggest issue for, digital design in general. Because if this is making a digital alternative of an existing person, it is also able to make a digital alternative of my digital design just a couple of times a second. Now, in order to understand why this technology will succeed, I need to explain to you how it works. Now, there's two different AIs competing with each other. And the first one is a teacher, and the other one is a student. And only the teacher gets to see data, let's say, of human faces, and then asks the student, well, could you also create an image? And the student says, well, here you go. And then it says, well, that looks very different than my data. Could you try again? And then he comes up uh, after a couple of millions of times with something like this. And the teacher says, well, that's better. And because he gives that feedback, the student knows in which direction to go, down the valley, deep learning. And after two weeks, he comes up with this. Now, that is quite close, and you have to understand that the teacher AI is the first victim of a fake because he can't distinguish anymore between his original data set and the digital synthetic image. And then he gives up, and we take him away, the teacher, and all the data, and only ask the student, could you please think about what you just learned? Well, this. Now, a lot of people think, well, AI is just data. Nope, because this student has never seen human faces he learned it. So, who is in there? Well, all of you, because you are human. He already has stored you in only 300 megabytes. That's the size of all humans and their intelligence. Now, um, who exactly is in there again? Well, all your ancestors are stored in this network and all your children in every age. Now, that means actually that the whole digital design mm, business could collapse. No, every kind of digital context will collapse. This is 30 times a second a new design of some fashion developed, photographed by a model, no, by a photographer that was not there, a model that was never alive. It is all not needed. So, yes, photography and fashion industry is a dead man walking. That's not a business anymore. They just don't know it. Now, what does that mean concerning 3D? No one can do 3D on a high scale because 3D is one dimension harder than 2D. But we found by accident a little solution how to compress it and make it smaller. By actually playing around with human bodies, we wanted a 3D shape of a of a human body and then have this continuous morphing the way you just saw it with faces. And after one day of training, it looked like this. Well, it looks kind of broken, but what you have to understand that there is some context. It's like jelly. At least the machine learned one thing. We are one connected entity. So we thought, well, let's try it for another three days. This AI is a generator, the student. It has never seen human bodies or movements or sequence of movements. And also never saw dance. As a dancer, I would say that's quite an impressive mm, solo, but not everyone is understanding what that means. Because once we saw this around April this year, we were like, oh-oh, this goes in weird directions. Because that doesn't mean a dancing body. That means a gun thinking of every object in space. Well, in order to convince everyone that is not into contemporary expressive dance, we thought, let's reinvent 30 times a second the most expensive design product of the 20th century. What you see here is not really a computer animation, it is a blind student network trying to touch cars, trying to figure out what that is. This network was not invented uh, in China or at Tesla. I'm very proud to say that it was invented in Germany because I can't stand anymore of this ongoing narration of us being continuously behind, because we are not. We just have little business problems with this and we're a little slow but not behind. Now, um, there might be nothing left of the God within you. Well, maybe there is, but who cares? You won't be paid for it. Because who cares if you're able to reflect upon yourselves if the creative decisions you generate from within are predictable and very slow. Now, if you don't have a job anymore, then you don't need to be a philosopher. You have a lot of time to think about yourself. And that is how the road of depression feels. But um, I think we have found a little solution, like a hint. We actually wanted to train the gun network, this teacher-student, on child paintings. We wanted to see, is it possible that it can actually paint like children and then maybe create little applications that you hold on the street and you see cars passing by, and all of a sudden those cars become fishes? It would be an access to a complete surreal world that we have all lost. So we just trained our machine on a couple of thousands of children paintings and then asked the machine, now that you know how children paint, could you please repaint this piece of architecture? Now, this is how it looks. Well, you have to understand that every statistical method and AI is installed, implemented in order to make a decision. So please, AI, what's the decision here on colors? Every color. It just says rainbow. And this landscape, it completely breaks. And this cup of coffee is even the worst. It's just a gradient. The network just refuses to make any decision. Well, that means it's not possible necessarily to outperform humans, it's just possible to outperform adults. Well, it says something about us because we obviously <laughs> lost something. Because How, again, is it possible that 30 times a second Pablo Picasso is not a problem for any network anymore, since three years? But we completely fail with this artist. Well, let's take a look at their data again. What's their favorite subject? Well, every subject. What's their favorite color? Every color. And their favorite spacing? Every kind of spacing. They just play. And an AI tries to find patterns if there are patterns. Well, what does that again say about the machine that thinks about itself? Most of the time I'm asked, when will this machine ever understand who it is? As if it's just the new iPhone and people now sit around it and be like, who? What is this? I don't care. When will you? This is just a little object standing in front of a mirror. It's a machine that we designed for two years and then booked the most expensive crematorium in the world and asked the Balanescu Quartet to play Mother for us, just to witness how we stand next to the machine in a crematorium when it says, I'm just a bunch of electronics sitting on a table. (laughs) That would be stupid. It's a machine and it stands in front of a mirror. That's absolutely right, but that mirror was made for us. But very often when we look into this mirror, we don't necessarily like what we see. I do believe that today we see that we are actually the biased machine, the biased data. We are the non-creative humans that continuously do the same over and over again. But we could use this information that we are the humans dancing the robot in order to improve. It is an important mirror to finally end all discussion and say, well, yeah, take a look at who you are. We could improve. And that would be truly magical. Thank you very much.